0: Decidedly Dry Season 4 starts now. You're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Deitzer. This is the Sober Podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. You can always find the show notes, some posts, and all of my other tools over on decidedlydry.substack.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Well, hiya, my sweet friends, and welcome back to the show. Today marks episode 70. That is 7-0, and that just, oh my goodness, it, it gives me all the feels. I'm just so excited that we are doing this and that we are hitting these milestones. So thank you, thank you, thank you for pushing play today. I hope that wherever you are in the world listening to this right now, that you are doing well and that you give yourself a big ol' pat on the back for for just having the courage to want to be the best version of yourself. I'm guessing that's why you push play and that's why you're showing up today. So give yourself some grace and show yourself, you know, just a little love today. I'm super glad that you're here. As I record this, I too am actually trying to be the best version of myself. And after a summer Bowl of an obscene amount of ice cream and s'mores. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. But <laughs> this gal is on day 1 of her new plan, which if you can believe it, requires zero. That's right, zero coffee for 3 days. So that being said, I will be requesting prayers for my family for the next 3 days. <laughs> All jokes aside, I am pumped to tackle this new goal of mine, one of which will, it is pretty much fueled by that what else can I accomplish mindset that sobriety has given me over the years. I will keep you posted on how it goes in a future episode or in a post over on Substack. Speaking of Substack, if you haven't heard, that is the home of all my new podcast episodes, new and old, I should say. My show notes, tools, tips, and more. After listening to today's episode, I would love to invite you, yes, you, to head over to decidedlydry.substack.com, linked below in the show notes, of course, and have you join as a free or subscribed reader. I've been uploading all of my archived blog posts over the years and have been pouring my heart and energy into new weekly posts and newsletters over on that platform. Again, would love to have you join me over there. All right, let's get to today's juicy topic. Topic? Topic? (laughs) No coffee. Reminder. (laughs) How to stay sober when your spouse or significant other still drinks. Okay, sure. They say that it takes two to tango. But when it comes to quitting drinking, you cannot force your spouse to do it with you. I repeat, you cannot force your spouse to do it with you. If you have made the incredible decision to quit drinking, yay, you, (laughs) but your spouse just isn't quite ready to make that leap, it is imperative that you set some serious boundaries and commit to clear communication as you embark on this exciting journey. Without preparation or the right mindset, it can begin to put a strain on your relationship and ultimately prevent you from racking up those desired dry days. So how can we stay sober, stay sane, and hopefully happily happily married? Here are some helpful tips for success. First of all, open and honest communication. When you speak to your partner, make sure that you are being clear about how you are feeling and what you need. If you sugarcoat it or, worst of all, assume that they know what you are feeling, that is just a recipe for disaster. Take the time to explain to them why this is so important to you, what you're looking forward to in this new chapter and how they can best support you. Now, I know that that last part, it can kind of be a little tricky because in early sobriety, it's not uncommon that we don't even know exactly how to support ourselves. But again, being open about your feelings, letting them know when you're having a hard day, a good day, or maybe just needing a little space can hopefully keep them in the loop and feel like they are able to help when needed. All right, the second one I have down is identify your triggers. Now, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the word triggers, but it is super important in early sobriety to identify the people, the places, objects, and or emotions that tend to lead to drinking. If you're not sure what your triggers are, I would start by asking yourself some of these questions. Do certain places make me want to drink? Do I find it hard to not drink when I hang out with certain people? Do I tend to drink when I'm feeling certain emotions? After answering those questions, truthfully, I might add, now is that perfect time to share those with your spouse. Clearly communicating the people and places that you might want to avoid for a bit to ensure success is exactly the information you need to make yourself and your spouse aware of. All right, the next one is set healthy boundaries. Once you've established good communication with your spouse and have identified those triggers, now is a perfect time to set some healthy boundaries. This is super important for individuals who still socialize with drinkers and or are living with someone that still drinks. You may discover that strong emotions arise when your spouse drinks. So a boundary, or should we say request, (laughs) could be that you ask them to politely limit or not drink at all in the home. At the very least, maybe they could pour their drink into a different cup or glass that maybe makes it hard for you to see what's in it. There's also a good chance that you two have mutual friends that you need to spend less time with in early sobriety. If your spouse wants to continue spending time with these friends, maybe just request that he or she does so outside of the home in the beginning. I know this can be awkward. I mean, let's be honest. It's going to be really awkward at first, but... Now that it is, or know that it is most likely temporary. You just need some time to strengthen those sober muscles. And by setting healthy boundaries, you will get stronger faster. All right, the next one is focus on new habits together. Part of this exciting chapter is learning to not only avoid all of those triggers and avoid destructive behavior, but to also focus on the good. Good. Take advantage of this opportunity to find new, fun, life-giving activities to do together. Getting involved in new activities can not only be a great alternative to drinking, but can present quality time spent together. Consider some of these healthy habits or activities if you can't think of some. You could reconnect with nature. So go hiking, go biking, camping, picnicking, Maybe even have a nightly bonfire in the backyard. You could start boating or kayaking, sailing or fishing. You could also express your creativity by learning how to paint, sketching, woodworking, crafting. Learn how to play an instrument. You could scrapbook. Is that still a thing? I think it's still a thing. (laughs) You could write poetry, try knitting. I personally found in my own journey that keeping my hands busy For me, it was watercolors. Definitely helped me curb cravings those first few weeks. You guys could start practicing meditation together, relaxation, or I don't know, try some yoga together. You could visit museums, movie theaters, coffee shops, bookstores. Make it a fun weekly date. All right, the next one I have down is don't be discouraged if they just don't get it. While we've discussed um, how important it is for you to make sure that you're communicating with your spouse, it is also equally important that you practice being a good listener for them. Giving them space to express how they are feeling and keeping those lines open shows that you yourself are being supportive as well. Along with being a good listener, it's really important to just be patient. If your spouse was your drinking buddy, they may need some time to adjust to this change, and that's perfectly fine. Now, should them needing some time to adjust to this change keep you from quitting drinking? Heck no, pal. (laughs) But just keep in mind that while they don't necessarily get a say in your sobriety, they should in fact have a voice in your relationship. Again, be patient and just remember this might take some time. Before you know it, friend, they are going to see all the amazing benefits that you are experiencing by making this one change. They pretty soon will be ready to purchase their sober ticket for the sober train when ready, of course. And that inspiration will have all come from your incredible example. Be proud of that. All right, the next one is Find a support network that does get it. (laughs) So if you don't have it at home, you've got some homework to do. Finding a supportive sober community is imperative when your goal is long-term sobriety. Having the ability to connect with other individuals who understand the struggles that come with removing alcohol, well, that can help people stay accountable and enthusiastic about their sober journey. Not sure where to find a group? Try simply Googling sober groups near me. In addition to AA, you may discover tons of other groups such as Smart Recovery, Sober Sis, The Luckiest Club, Sober Mom Squad, and more. They usually offer live and virtual meetings in your area, so check it out. If you attend one, though, and it doesn't feel like a good fit, explore another one please 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 don't just stop at one other ideas could include fitness studios sports leagues faith groups volunteering social media I don't know take a course heck you could even start your own meetup if you can't find one having a sober network of even just a few friends can help keep you accountable and motivated to keep going Lastly, if you happen to be listening to this because the table is actually flipped and you are the one wondering if you need to get sober because your spouse doesn't drink, let me just say kudos to you for taking the time to consider this. It's definitely not required, but it also definitely helps. My advice, consider just taking a break. And show your support by not drinking with them as they embark on this new chapter. It shows that you care. And that you're willing to do hard things for and with them. And that you're willing to do whatever it takes to help them become the best version of themselves. Heck, you may even discover many, many, many benefits yourself just by kicking booze to the curb. Not to mention your relationship might grow in ways that you never expected. Being completely alcohol-free allows you to be 100% you with your partner. You'll have real conversations, be clear-headed, present, and discover a deeper connection. If you ask me, I'd say it's worth a shot. All right, my friends, that is it for today. I hope that the topics, or excuse me, The things that I listed really kind of open your eyes to different ways how you can stay sober when your spouse or significant other still drinks. I think the lesson of the day is just to prepare, okay? Get in that right mindset, communicate with your partner, and just know that this is possible. What you're doing is hard, but it is completely doable. Have some faith. Jump in with both feet and know that I'm here cheering you on. All right, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for pushing play today and hanging with me. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. Grateful for this message and want more? Head on over to decidedlydry.substack.com. There you will find all of my writing, a library of past episodes, and an option to subscribe. That gives you access to many, many more tools for not only your sober journey, but for all areas of your amazing life. It has sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.